0: Hello and welcome to our podcast, Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. This is episode 10. Can you believe that? Episode 10. I'm Russell and this is my daughter Rebecca. Hello.
1: Hi Dad. Can't believe we are on episode 10, now you said that.
0: Crazy. Ah, exactly. To think it just started off and we see how it goes and the success of it, of whether we continued, would depend on you liking it. If you didn't like any of the music, then there would have been no point carrying on. So... It's good that you do. And we've only just started as in the music, believe me, gets better as we go further into the 80s. So we are still talking about groups that come onto the scene in 1980 or had their first hit in 1980. We've still got the groups that come in into the the mid 80s. So I think the fact that we've managed to get to an episode 10 shows that the idea was a bit of a success in that you've liked and keep coming back to listen to more.
1: Yeah you're educating me well. I didn't know how well what to expect when I was going into it I was like okay let's see what dad wants to give me what he wants to throw at me and obviously I've not heard of so many of the bands yet I found ones that I like I found ones that I've gone back to and listened to and I've now got to the point where I'm excited to find out what the next week's going to offer me and I don't care that I'm listening mainly to 80s. I'm enjoying it. Like it definitely opened my eyes. So, episode 10 of many more to come for sure. Even though you nearly cancelled last week because I didn't like who didn't I like? The Cure. The Cure. Yeah. Even though you cancelled, you nearly cancelled. We're still going. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And today you're going to hear about a song that wasn't going to be released. Oh. So, the record company, said, we want to release it. The band said, no, it's just an album filler, and you might be shocked when you find out what the song is. That's all I'm going to oh, say okay. for now. Yeah.
1: All right. I'm intrigued then. Yeah. And you're not going to tell me which group it is?
0: No, I'm not going to tell you anything on it. All right. No. right. Okay. we come to it when we come to it. All right. So last week, I gave you the Depeche Mode human league and vangelis
1: that's how you pronounce it yeah i was been saying all week vangelis but i've been waiting because i'm like imagine like because i was like i don't really know how to pronounce this i'm gonna have to wait for dad to take the lead
0: i might be pronouncing it wrong but i've always done it as vangelis okay. so it might be completely wrong Well,
1: we go with vangelis so.
0: that's what i go with yeah so how did you find this week's and what were your best songs
1: So I was shocked that Depeche Mode, I was given more songs from them than I was the Human League, because I've heard of the Human League and I could, like, as soon as I got the list, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know those ones just by looking like I do. But then I was shocked that the majority of the list was Depeche Mode. I was like, what's going on here? I thought the Human League would be the bigger ones, considering I've heard of them. That's usually what I go by if I've heard of it heard of the group they're usually going to be the bigger ones out of the ones that you give me but this week it wasn't so I was shocked in that sense
0: so you hadn't heard of Depeche Mode
1: no but I've heard of one song
0: oh I can't remember from last from last week when we said it obviously I remember Human League and I know you yeah. went no Vangelis but I wasn't sure one Depeche I couldn't remember what you said about Depeche Mode oh that's, so that's interesting anyway okay
1: I do know one of their, Like when I looked at the list, I was like, "Oh, okay. If that's the song that I'm thinking it is, then I know that song." And it was, but I didn't know anything about these. Was people. that
0: just can't get enough?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you a bit about that. Cover that I've heard of. Uh-huh.
1: But yeah, so I was shocked in that sense. Didn't really know what to expect. I know you said that we're moving on from rock, so I was like, "Okay, so it's not rock. It's not going to be like last week or the week before." I just like listen and weren't a bad week really but my favorite songs so i went for blasphemous rumors by depeche mode okay i try what i've started doing is i could have easily have gone for just can't get enough because i know it because it's the one that's familiar and i can just straight away sing it and i would play it again and again because i know it i try to steer away from the ones that i know to open my eyes to something else um and if i really don't like any of the others then i would have gone with that but i found one i liked
0: so like last week then, obviously you didn't pick Come On Eileen. Yeah. You went with Jackie Wilson. set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because right. yeah,
1: I could easily go with the one that I know because I'm going to like mm. it because I already know it. But what would be the point in you educating me and opening my eyes to different music if I'm just going to settle for what I already know? So, I mean, if I didn't like any of the others, then I would have gone for that one. But I liked Blasphemous Rumours. Good choice. The Human League. I
0: I like that song. Ah, uh,
1: it's a yeah, good yeah. one. It's very, yeah, I like that. Uh, the Human League, I went for Human, but I could have gone also for Together in Electric Dreams. That's Connor's favourite as well. And Vangelis, I went for I Hear You Now. But obviously there weren't much to choose from them, No, no. Through.
0: There's a reason I've put Vangelis in, and there's a reason why I've put it with this, and it kind of links in with Together in Electric Dreams.
1: Oh, okay. So Together
0: in Electric Dreams is not Human League. Really? Yes. that's one that I recognise. I I'll come to that when we discuss Human League. Okay.
1: But there you go.
0: Spoiler alert, it's not a Human League song.
1: Right.
0: So, are you ready to Let's Talk Music?
1: I am indeed.
0: Let's move on then, and we'll start then with Depeche Mode. So, what... Did you think of Depeche Mode? What did you think of their videos, their style, um, their music? So what do you think their music is? You know, let's delve into Depeche Mode.
1: So straight away, we're back in electric.
0: Correct. Yes.
1: Because as soon as the first song started, I was like, oh, okay, we're back to electric. That's where we've gone. We're out of rock. And I was like, okay, this is what I've liked in the past. So this should be good, listening And it's very instrumental. There's more focus on the instruments and the songs are more repetitive about the chorus more than there's not like much content. The content is the instruments and the electric vibes and what they're giving to you rather than what they're singing. That's what I found. Although I think as we got towards the end, it started to change a little bit and I can't explain how it changed. It just got a bit more up my street, like maybe from maybe from blasphemous rumors, because then I really liked Shape the Disease. I really liked Strange Love. I liked A Question of Lust. And then we got to the end and I really enjoyed Enjoy the Silence. And I actually kind of recognized that one, but I weren't too sure whether I had heard it before. So really enjoyed that one. So it was more their later stuff that got me into it. The other stuff sounded really similar to each other. So you start it started getting to a point, and because there were so many of their songs, I think I had about twenty one. Because there were so many, it got to a point. I think I listened to these. I think for half of the week, of driving to and from work, minus the day that I don't listen to eighties. But I was like, are we done yet? Because they sound so similar, and it is very instrumental and it like they all kind of the same I was like okay how many more you've got are we getting on to the human league yet and because I think I was a bit more excited to listen to the human league because I had heard of them and I did recognize some of their music it was more of a can I listen to them yet am I there yet but I don't, I don't skip any I don't get to the point where I'm like all right I've heard enough of you I'll just you know listen to them in a bit so I managed to get all the way through. And do you know what? With these, it's hard to explain, but they are like 80s sounding. And like I think that's just the same with any electric ones that I hear. Because when we've done like the rock, they could probably fall into many different decades. Whereas your electric pop and all your synthesizer stuff... I think, could only be 80s. Never heard it in any other decade. I've only ever heard it with the 80s. So I think when it gets to this, it's a lot more, all right, I'm listening to the 80s, this is what it's all about. So, yeah, I enjoyed getting back to the to the electronic, that's for sure. What I think of Depeche Mode, right, I think they would be good like, on the radio. And I was trying to explain this to Connor. Basically, what I mean is, if they came on the radio, I think they suit anyone that listens but you'd have to be like a hardcore fan to put them on and choose to put them on but I think if they're on a compilation or on the radio they'd really fit in you'd find them on there and then people might then indulge in them a bit more but that's where I think is best for them to go because if it, I don't think as much as they've got all these hits when I was listening I was like play them on the radio they would be fine there so, yeah, and then obviously, I got like just can't get enough, obviously, I've heard that before because the Saturdays did a cover of it, so that's where I'd heard it. I've not heard the Pesh mode sing it, I've heard the Saturdays sing it, but it was quite nice to hear it with the electric rather than just the pop that the Saturdays would have done, so that was quite nice to hear that so like which
0: version did you do you prefer the original version, which is the Pesh mode? Or the Saturday's version, which is obviously a modern update of the song, I suppose.
1: That's hard.
0: Well, I, the reason I'm asking is that that would probably show where your taste in music or your ears from, you know, are you actually drawn to the 80s mm-hmm. with Depeche Mode and that, that song? Or is the Saturday's version, the, which is the updated version, is that better? because obviously the song's the same. It's just, as you say, it's the sound. Yeah. And as you say, Depeche Mode, and you're right, I mean, we're still slipping to the eight, into 1980, but they're the first group that we've come to that are now 1981. No, sorry, Echo and the Bunnymen were 1981, and Depeche Mode are also 1981. But you've listened to a song during the week from 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, and 89, and 1990.
1: So that's why they've got so many hits.
0: That's why, and they, as you said, they they are the '80s. Well, yeah, they they were there the whole decade.
1: That might also explain why they changed. Like you know, I say I preferred their later stuff. I mean, I don't think it changed that much.
0: Yeah, it might. Yeah, it probably did change with the times a bit. Yeah. So, enjoy the silence was the 1991. Ah, okay. So yeah, good job.
1: I didn't pick that as my favorite. Um, but yeah, just can't get enough. I think. It's weird because they're really different. It's like I, re- I do really like both, but I do think the Pesh mode might have the upper hand. I think it's because it's the original. I hear where the Saturdays have got it from. Yeah. And as much as the Saturday, I mean, I've not listened to the Saturdays version in years. So I might play it and be like, actually, I might prefer that. But I think
0: it might be good to listen to them yeah, together. Yeah. One after the other. I'll be
1: able to give a definitive answer, mm. but I do think I prefer Depeche Mode. I think it's just got that little bit of different about it. But I'm, um, you know, I would still listen to the Saturdays. Just maybe, just because it's got that difference and
0: it's not something I've really
1: heard done with it before.
0: So, you're, were you surprised that the Saturdays wasn't an original?
1: No, they're not. I don't think they're really that type of group. Right. Okay. I don't. They're not songwriters. Because uh-huh. I, I think they also covered other songs. Can't think of one at top of my head. You know, what I'm like, but I'm sure they've yeah. covered other nah. songs that, unlike this one, originally was. But yeah, based on what they look like, I mean, do you know what was really weird? I watched "Blasphemous Rumors" video. And they were like banging on like scrap metal. And I was like, did these not use instruments? Is this where they get their music from? Or are they doing that for the video? I mean, they're only using it for like one beat. And I was like, okay, hey, this is weird. They're like really pushing the boundary and using different types of instruments, but weren't expecting that. They have a lot of leather. So their look is very leather and they like to wear no tops. Or well, there's one guy that is constantly topless.
0: Yeah, David Garne. Oh, it might might be Martin Gore. It's either David Garne or Martin Gore, yeah. Is it the lead singer or the the keyboardist?
1: Not the lead singer.
0: Yeah, so it's Martin Gore.
1: Yeah, always topless. And weirdly, what I thought of these, considering they've gone back into the electronics, they do look a bit rocky, but that might be like the leather side of it.
0: So their genre is synth pop stroke electronic rock. Ah, so that makes sense, and that's sense. the reason I put them here because yes, they are 1981 and so is Human League, but they were around earlier. They just hadn't ha- had the breakthrough, I suppose, until 1981. Mm. But because it's still linked in with The Rock, and I thought it, you know, to go from the Cure to Depeche Mode isn't isn't such a bad thing. Was. In a few weeks when you got ABBA and the Bee Gees, if I'd gone from the cure to Bee Gees and ABBA, it'd have been totally different. Oh, yeah, definitely. so that's why I, I held off on those, even though they're 1980, and bought these ones a bit forward to, to just move blend the it in the a transition bit. on, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You.
1: That makes a lot of sense that they're like electro rock, then because I was yeah. like, how have they got so much leather? How are they their hair? How like because they've still got that quite bit of heavy makeup where it's not like prim and proper or done really nicely made it's rocky, like they just look a bit rock. And I was like, how's this linking in with the electronic? But that makes sense then. They're very serious is what I thought as well. Really? Yeah.
0: I suppose they are musicians, but if I was to tell you, they they were definitely David Garn, They were very heavily involved in drugs and not heroin. We're talking like... Oh, you know. wow. Yeah. Wow. And David Garn, as I will explain, Come to well I'll do it now. So he is known as the cat. The cat. Yeah, because he's cheated death so many times. So he was a heroin addict. Um, he's attempted suicide by slashing his wrists in 1995. Mm. So yeah, in 1993 he almost had he almost killed himself with an overdose of heroin. 1995, he slashed his wrists in an attempt to at suicide, which was more a cry for help or to you know what I have you mm. He had an overdose on a speed ball. So speed with his heart stopping for two minutes um, until revived by paramedics in 1996. And then he he collapsed while on their tour in 2009. And they found out he had a tumour in his bladder. So he is really, you know, gone to the edge. And there was one time when he said he literally was seeing himself as if he was on the ceiling. Looking down at himself with everyone around him, and he's like, "I'm here. I'm not, out of body know, experience. In, in, in such a yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you say they're serious, uh, they yeah, they probably just weren't with it, <laughs> or at least the the, the at least David Garn wasn't I was gonna say, the, they're probably yeah.
1: serious, trying to make it look like trying to look like yeah. they were with it. That might be why. Well, that makes sense. But yeah, overall, it's nice to get back into the electronics considering we've had quite a few weeks of rock and yeah. this just felt like... It felt like back during the 80s. So, really so going that. from
0: from electronic, we had a bit of ska and two-tone with uh, Madness and the specials, undertones. We then went on to the rock, soft rock and a bit of punk rock and what have you, mod rock. And now, yeah, we've come back into the electronics. So you would say you would prefer electronic over the scar stroke rock
1: definitely as much as I, I enjoy you know I had a great week with madness and a great week with status quo as much as I really enjoyed them it didn't feel like I was listening to 80s music hmm. it felt like dad's just given me some music to listen to as much as it was the 80s and we discussed it and it was in the 80s this is the
0: 80s to me what you defer as the 80s but then that's probably because that's what I list this is the music I listen to
1: yeah yeah and I think that's why I can get more into it as well because it's like okay this is what I recognize kind of thing as much as I don't know who Depeche Mode are the sound of it it's definitely come from you from my when i was younger and obviously I didn't realize that until listening to it now and I'm like "Ah, actually this is what I prefer and it's obviously come from back then and it being in me somewhere, yeah. encrypted in there somewhere. So yeah, definitely enjoyed getting back into electronics.
0: Now that the weird thing is that on the old It's Electric oh, CD, it's
1: back. Not seen well, that in a while. Well, it's back,
0: but it's not back because neither Depeche Mode or Human League are on it. Believe it or not, which I was quite shocked with.
1: I'm shocked about the Human League.
0: Yeah, no, not on it. Heaven 17 are, but oh no, Human Heaven League on. Uh, the reason I mentioned Heaven 17 is we'll come to that yeah. when we discuss Human League. But yeah, the Heaven 17 are one here, Human League on And That's no, Depeche weird. Mode aren't. Are, but not Depeche Mode.
1: Especially if they're like beginning so, of yes. the 80s and they've had all these hits, you'd think they'd have at least one song on them.
0: Okay. So a bit about Depeche Mode then. So they were Vince Clark on keyboards. Martin Gore, guitar, stroke, keyboards, Dave Garn, vocals and Andy Fletcher on keyboards.
1: Vince Clark and anything to do with anyone else, is there?
0: We will come to. Is there
1: Vince Clark in someone in another group that you like?
0: There is. Okay. Yes. So Vince Clark left in the January of 1982 after he wrote New Life and Just Can't Get Enough.
1: I liked New Life. So he
0: was the principal songwriter. He then left. For whatever reason, uh, I mean, Dave Garner's come out and said it was a load of rubbish for he, the reasons he said he didn't want to go on tour and wasn't enjoying it. But yeah, David Garner, I've, I've read while well, researching, said that's rubbish. But We will never hey-o. know. And then Alan Wilder replaced Vince Clark. So, so, so sorry, Vince Clark left in November 81 and Alan Wilder joined in January '82. Oh right, okay. Okay, and then Martin Gore took over from Vince as the songwriter. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: And then, so when you say their songs are are roughly the same, the group has not changed from that lineup since. I mean, Alan Wilder has since left, but but it wasn't during the eighties; it was much later. Right. Okay. But the group has stayed the same. Okay. Now Vince Clark actually formed the band with Andy Fletcher, so they originally were in a group called No Romance in China, which they formed in 1977. And then in 1979, they got together with Martin Gore. Now, I don't know how, so I do know that Andy Fletcher and Martin Gore went to the same school, whether they were, knew each other in the same class, I don't know. But anyway, they got together with them and then they um, also then needed, a obviously, a, a singer and that's how Dave gone then ended up joining so they were formed in 1980. So as I say, they, originally Vince Clark and Andy Fletcher had a, a group in 1977. And Martin Gore had another group himself. But then in 1979, they got together. And then obviously by 1980, Dave Garne was on board. That's how they became. They were from Basildon. And they were heavily influenced by OMD, okay. The Cure, Susie and the Banshees, Kraftwerk and the Human League. Oh. Originally they weren't an electronic and then Vince Clark heard OMD and hence I think why they then formed Depeche Mode instead of No Romance in China. They obviously wanted to rebrand or whatever, they wanted to go a totally different route and they went on this route and as I say then got obviously Gore and Garn to join them. But it was OMD, funny enough, who we listened to on the very first one, mm. which is why I put OMD on the first. Because obviously my road to listening to electronic, obviously take out Franko's Hollywood, who I started off with, but obviously Erasure, Pet Boys and Aha, they are all linked. Well, definitely Aha and Erasure are linked in with the Mode. So, several bands have mentioned the Mode as influencing them. They include The Killers,
1: okay. who I
0: must say I like from like the what 1990s, were they? 2000s?
1: Yeah.
0: Coldplay, who I've already mentioned were influenced by Aha as well. Yeah. Aha, La Rue, who is another new group that I like, and The Pet Shop Boys. Okay. So, you can see, now I didn't mention Erasure in there.
1: Is Vince Clark from Erasure? He is. I thought he was. When you said his name, I was like, I recognise this name. And I didn't want to say Erasure and make a fool of myself, but that was what is in my head.
0: Yeah. So, as I said, he left Pesh Mode. He then, firstly, I think, I might have got these two the one way round, but I think it was the Assembly first, which was just him and Fergal Sharkey. Sharkey? He was the lead singer for The Undertones.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was like, how do I know
0: that? Yeah, now we're mentioning the undertones yeah. with the Human League a bit later.
1: Oh my God, everyone's literally like, well, I guess it's just learning and picking and choosing your bits from each other.
0: Yeah, they only released one song. He then um, formed Yazoo with Alison Moyet. You're no? Not heard about no. us?
1: I was going to say you're pausing like I should okay. know that one, like when you said Sharky.
0: Right, yeah. No, don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then they 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 were quite successful. You'll know one of their songs, or I'd expect you to when we come to them. And then he, um, they they split up, went their own, obviously, you know, went their own way. Alison Wire became a, a female soloist in her own right. Um, he then advertised for a singer, met up with Andy Bell, and Erasure was formed. And Erasure, then pretty much, well, he's still with them, is is where he's gone. I
1: was gonna say yeah, they're yeah, still that, kind that's, of going, aren't that's
0: they? who he's, he's stuck with. So Depeche Mode went. That direction and Erasure, in a sense, run parallel with them because they're both similar music. And I suppose because Vince Clarke influenced Depeche Mode in the early days and they've sort of, you know, as you said, it has changed a bit, but probably Erasure has as well. I'd probably say Erasure's got more poppy, whereas probably Depeche Mode got a bit darker, but that's probably because, the, obviously, the, the route they were going and obviously, you know, they, they were into drugs and things like that. And they've like got that, the rock the, and influence the blues, from it yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yes. So that's the background on those. Their first gig was at a school in May 1980. And there's an, actually a plaque there commemorating it at the James Hornsby School in Basildon, which is where Gore and Fletcher were pupils. And that's what I'm saying. They both went to school together. Can you
1: imagine going to school nowadays and having just a band come and play? That
0: would never happen.
1: That would be amazing.
0: that's how a lot of bands got together was from universities and things and getting to play at university
1: yeah back in the 80s just to let you know we've got two ex-pupils that you
0: no but i think they went back to the school they weren't pupils at this time
1: i mean this like the head teacher would so we've got two ex-pupils this is where they've gone in their life let's listen to their music in today's assembly have a chill Hmm. that wouldn't happen now it's all about make sure you do this I don't think I ever had anything fun like that.
0: Yeah, but you see, you see people go back to this. Not to like be
1: like, listen to my band programs. More like, let me do a motivational speech about how you can become rich. Not my band's about to take off, but I need a few listeners first. So, can we get the pupils at your school (laughs) to beg their parents to buy our (laughs) like vinyls? Can we play?
0: That's how they, that is how band started off. They were not, okay, not so much, I don't know what sort of school it is. Blooming course. Cool but they were going and, and going to universities, you know, the student unions. And yeah, that doing, makes sense.
1: Yeah. That makes sense, but not. Going to school would have loved that. I'm just saying that it's really cool. I'm not slating it. I'm not saying yeah. it that they, you know, it's like unheard of. I'm saying that's cool. Imagine growing up in that time where your head teacher is like, have a chill. We're going to play some music. Yeah. Like that wouldn't happen. So I think I'm quite jealous, if anything. So in
0: 1981, they got a record deal with Daniel Miller. And now Daniel Miller is um, head of Mute, or he formed Mute Records. So Mute are an independent brand. He did sell them off, but he's since bought them back, but obviously has lost the rights to the songs that he originally had. So yeah, he had Depeche Mode and he had Erasure, I suppose, because of the Vince Clark link. But they were, you know, a a good record label. Um, He also had Moby later on as well. Yeah, Mute were, um was a, a, an electronic record label as far as the artists he had on. So the petrol have have been involved in, it, I suppose, not controversial, but they they were involved. So when Band-aid and that came about, Martin Gore came out and said, because they were they weren't involved. Whether they were asked, I don't know. They may well have not been asked and, you know, a bit of the bit of it come out. But Martin Gore come out and said, if bands really cared so much, they should just donate the money and let that be. Oh, so either so, yeah.
1: he... Nah, that's, that's, that's too bitter to have been invited. He were not invited.
0: So, so, however, since then, Depeche Mode have been involved in many, cha- many charities such as Cancer Research UK, Teenage Cancer Trust, and the Music Cares um, charity. They also do a lot for water, aimed at the provision of clean drinking water, and they actually raised £1.7 from a link-up with the Swiss watch Hublot, Hublot. I don't know how you say it. You can it. pronounce that how you
1: yeah, like Hublot. that. I have no idea
0: what you're on about. Um, it's a Swiss watchmaker. But um, they, right. they, the Swiss watchmaker bought out some watches, limited edition Depeche Mode ones. And Depeche Mode bought out some limited edition, I think it was albums or singles, in link up with, with Hublot. And they raised 1.7 million for the water aid. And then they've also had a gala, a separate gala, and that raised 1.4 million.
1: So, so they, they have, have done, done a lot. Work.
0: Since. Yeah. So I think they've obviously looked back, and you don't know how much of that was. Um, I don't know when this was. How much of that was probably influenced by Dave Garn and what ha- he went through? You know, I yeah. mean, drugs, AIDS, um, all that in the African is in Africa. Having and all the help the under the uh, third world and all that is obviously a, a big thing. So yeah, so even though they weren't involved in Band Aid, as I say, whether they were actually asked is a different matter. But Gore came out and said mm. that why don't they just donate money themselves and that's it?
1: <laughs> they <laughs> were asked. The, that was know... too bitter. But
0: then since yeah, they've they've come out with that. Now they've won quite a few awards, but not from the '80s. So they won a Brit Award for Best Single with "Enjoy the Silence" in 1991. They won Best Group at the MTV Awards in 2006 and in 1999 martin gore won um the Ivor novello award for international achievement to music so that was an award for him because obviously he's now the principal songwriter and they obviously you know looked in because he plays the instruments he also is a back he's like the the second singer behind david garn so backing vocals and also obviously with his songwriting so he's probably the most talented, I suppose. Yeah. And he's actually, I mean, to, to show there's no bad vibes between him and Vince, they actually had the, I can't remember if it was the MGVG or VGMG, so a VCMG or MGVC. It's a Vince Clark and Martin Gore, Martin Gore and Vince Clark experiment, and they'd done some, like, electronic stuff between uh, okay. the two of them. So, Yeah. Now, what I didn't ask, I've just remembered, how many number ones do you think you heard this week? Six. Six number ones.
1: I've gone high.
0: Okay. We've only got one this week.
1: You're joking. I've literally written them all down and everything. The weeks that I come really prepared, (laughs) I'm always wrong, and you give me, like, no number ones. (laughs) The weeks that I'm not prepared, and I just, I'm like, okay, let's think back, and I guess there's millions Give up with this number one thing. I'm rubbish.
0: <laughs> so um they had six albums in the nineteen eighties, which Wait, as you said about the amount of songs.
1: I listened to one number one this week or just from yeah. these.
0: Yeah. No, from this week. Oh, one number one in the whole goodness. of the songs.
1: I went for three with these.
0: Well, they've only, they've had five top ten singles, no number ones.
1: All right. If there was one number one, I hope it goes to the human league, and I'm guessing now that it does.
0: Okay, so their five top ten singles were Just Can't Get Enough, number eight. Yeah. See You, number six. Yeah. Everything Counts, number six. Their highest um, charter is People Are People, number four. And then Master and Servant got to number nine. Okay. In 2005, they also got their highest track to date. Also number four with Precious, so it's one that much recent. So they go two thousand five, their biggest hit since nineteen eighty four.
1: Interesting.
0: So yeah, Precious. Wow. Do
1: you know? I'm also shocked that the latest stuff that I preferred, none of them. So you might, might want to hear,
0: listen to Precious. As I say, that's yeah. their biggest track, their biggest song since People Are People, and that was in two thousand five. So you may well have heard it without realising.
1: Yeah, like I was just thinking that. I was like, I wonder how that changed at the time. Mm. Because I weren't listening to any electronic stuff. Mm. Never have. Like I say, it's very 80s, is the electronic stuff. So i would be interested to hear what that sounds like.
0: Yeah.
1: And the way in 2005.
0: Mm. So I shall quickly run through the songs. you going to be quick. You've got 21. <laughs> <but>. So... <laughs> Nineteen eighty one, new life, number eleven, which was a Clark song, as I said. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen eighty one, just can't get enough, number eight. Nineteen eighty two, see you, as we just said, number six. Nineteen eighty two, the meaning of love, number twelve. Nineteen eighty two, leave in silence, number eighteen. Nineteen eighty three, get the balance right, number thirteen. Nineteen eighty three, everything counts, number six. 1983, Love in Itself 2, number 21. 1984, People Are People, as I say, number 4, their biggest hit of the 80s. 1984, Master and Servant, number 9. 1984, Somebody and Blasphemous Rumours, obviously a double A side, only got to number 16.
1: Oh, do you know what I was meant to say? Somebody is a beautiful song.
0: I don't know that one I found.
1: It's just beautiful. It's not as electronic, it's more... It's just a calm. It's weird that it's on the same side with Blasphemous Rumors because they're very different. Like, I literally wrote Somebody broke it up, like because I say their songs are so similar. The only one that doesn't sound similar is Somebody. It's a beautiful song, and weirdly, Blasphemous Rumors <laughs> is like their longest song going. Yeah, it's like usually I'm not on like, board now, but there's something about that song. That was so yeah, catchy that song. and I was yeah. like, I don't know what it is, but I really like this song. So, yeah. 1985,
0: Shake the Disease, number 18. 1985, It's Called a Heart, number 18. 1986, Stripped, number 15. 1986, A Question of Lust, number 28. Followed also in 1986 by A Question of Time, at number 17. Uh, 1987 bought a strange love at number 16. 1987 also gave us never let me down again, number 22. Uh, 1988 behind the will, number 21. 1989 everything counts, which was a live version, in num- number 22. 1989 personal Jesus, number 13. 1990 enjoy the silence, and that got to number six.
1: Okay. They didn't do too badly then. Like, their songs are mainly in, like, the top 25.
0: So, yeah. Well, they're mainly in the top 20. Yeah. And through the 90s, they had 10 top 20 hits, with six of them in the top 10. And then in the 2000s, or the noughties, they had seven top 20 hits and two in the top 10, with Dream On getting to number six in 2001. And as I've already said, Precious. In number four in 2005.
1: Wow, so they went on to two more decades. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of them. You think I started listening to music. I would have started listening to music in the noughties, really, but I listened to a lot of 90s music, yet they've never come up. So they couldn't have been, like, mainstream at that
0: time. No, they probably, again, they would have a big cult following. yeah. Which, for me, makes me wonder whether they would have been invited for Live Aid. I
1: don't think they were. Because they were a
0: big group. They would have been a big group in, what, 1985-86 for Band-Aid Live Aid.
1: Yeah, but did they not invite him because of the whole drug thing?
0: Uh, I don't know. When the, When did I say the drugs were? That was in the 90s. I mean, I'm not saying that that's when he obviously overdosed. He could have been
1: oh.
0: into it before then. But 1993 was when he had his um, overdose.
1: I'm just saying the way the what they said about oh if you want to help a charity just donate that's too bitter to have turned down an invitation to do one of the biggest things to have all them artists all that recognition all that publicity turn that down and be like why don't they just donate it?
0: He probably got unless more, they felt that I don't know, I can't remember at the time it. or how it how it was I, that's just what I found by re- doing my research for tonight but he would have probably got more focus on that than if they joined, if they'd been invited and gone to it. True. So it depends how you want to look at it on that mm. sense as well.
1: Yeah. Because
0: obviously Band-Aid, Live Aid was a big thing in at that time. It was being promoted.
1: Um, so if you're going to you know, so,
0: it. So, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know whether they got invited or not. But as I say, that's that's what they came out with, or Martin Gork. Gaw-
1: just sounds bitter to me uh, yeah uh, get off your high
0: horse mate moving on I think the human league
1: yes so these are ones that I actually had heard of heard of many of their songs yep. although like I say I was shocked that there weren't even half as many as Depeche Mode has the beats of the music really drew me in I was at all right. So again, they have that electric, you feel um, I'm guessing they're down that same electric, electric. So they're
0: synth pop, but also commercial pop. OK. Uh, yeah, that's hence the Heaven 17.
1: I don't know who they are.
0: So the original group split because some of them wanted to go down the pop, more pop. Right. And the others wanted to go more keep with the same electronic vibe. And hence they split, and the electronic vibrant and formed Heaven Seventeen, and the Human League carried on. But obviously, their music then evolved to a more pop sort of music rather than the electronic side. Okay,
1: okay, okay. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Well, I, it's more. This is more up my street. It's got the like lyrics in. It's got all that content. It's got the nice catchy feel to it. Although I was very surprised they had a song with no lyrics whatsoever. What song was that? Oh, very, very few. The Fascination one. Oh, right. Like that one, what was going on there, especially when I've had all the others, and then got to that, and I was like, no, no, they're not going downhill.
0: So if I was to say to you, these are obviously what you've listened to are the hits. Where would you say Fascination charted?
1: Don't tell us the number one
0: one. I'm asking you where you don't. Well, don't go it's obvious, guessing. Dad. Where do you think? Don't go second guessing. Where do you think that would have charted?
1: But well, to be honest, I wouldn't have even put it as a hit. But it obviously is, and you questioning right, okay. me okay. and asking because you wouldn't just randomly go, like right, Mirror Man. Where do you think that charted? You wouldn't ask me. So that's the blooming number one, isn't it? Fuming. It's got no limit. It's pointless.
0: It's
1: absolutely pointless.
0: Okay. You'll find out what the number one is. What do you think the number one is, then, before I said that?
1: I gave these two. Which were? I gave Depeche Mode three. These two were Don't You Want Me and Human. Okay. That's what I thought. So, uh, I've just thought... It's not going to be from Human League. It's going to be from Vangelis because of Chariots of Fire. That's going to be the number one. And yet again, that has no lyrics. If it is a song with no lyrics, I might cry. You cannot have a number one with no lyrics. I think it's ridiculous. I don't see why songs are released without
0: lyrics. That's just music. People don't have to buy them. Well, they obviously did. They don't have to buy them. They only get to number you one through loads why. of people if it's buying them. Fire, I can kind of understand because I'm sure that was in some sort of musical. How did Vienna not get to number one? Ooh, and the yet, Chuck, it your face understand. did. You know, it's Who one knows? of the great things. But the only person yeah.
1: I know in Who my knows? life that has ever listened to music with no lyrics is Granddad. Not your dad, Mum's dad. His only person sitting in his car was horrible. It was like Granddad put the radio on.
0: Oh, uh, he listened to Mike, Mike Oldfield. I don't know Dad. I never
1: really asked him. I just asked oh. him for the radio. I never Granddad's think Granddad's But I just don't see a point in it. So that one was a letdown. I literally put fascination, let them down. They were doing so well. Yeah. So that's okay. how I feel about that song on its own. The male voice in there, though, when he sang, very monotoned and robotic. It just sounds a bit
0: robot. Okay. I'll explain the formation of the Human League and I'll explain the background Can I of just the ask, singer, Phil. Yeah.
1: Because there's a guy and two women, are not there? It's only made up of three people in it. Yeah. Where...
0: It is now, yes. right. It so have
1: I listened to some songs with more than these three people?
0: Um, they did release one that was from the original, which was Being Boiled. Right, okay. That was the original it is. I don't know how I don't know. I don't know if I I haven't listened to it or I haven't seen a video of it or what. Right. but that was a song that was written by the original who went to Heaven 17, but they released it right as the trio. after they've been commercial success.
1: Right. Now, the man and two women. Yeah. Is the man in a relationship with one of the women?
0: He was, yes. Okay. I can't remember which one, but he was with one of them. Yes.
1: That explains some of the songs. Because one thing that I do like about these, I just wanted to cover this before you gave the background, but I like the fact that you've got, because usually it's an all male group, an all female group, or you've got a soul singer and it's either a male or a female. But with these, I really like the fact that you've got the male singer and then the female singer, like, replies. And it's not one-sided. You've got two sides. And...
0: So, like, on Don't You Want Me? Yeah. Yeah. And
1: Human. I accidentally... So, on Spotify, when you bring up just the music that you're listening to just that one song, sometimes, like, at the bottom, there's, like, a behind-the-lyrics or lyrics thing, and I accidentally clicked on it. And I saw that human is about cheating. And I was like, oh, I don't want to know anymore. Dad might tell me things. But then because I saw that, I listened to it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, it actually is. I was basically saying that men are like humans and they do their dirty business and they come back and it's because they're only human. Then you've got the women going, well, while we were apart, I was a human too. What are you going to do about it? And I was like, I like this. I really like the male and female concept of it. And I think that's also why Human became my favourite, because I was like, "How yeah, this woman has got this man. But I also really liked the song. But, yeah, so if they were together, as much as... There
0: was, there was t- I don't know which, I can't remember which one it was, and I'd be guessing by saying it, because I, I just can't remember. But, yeah, he was dating one of the, the girls that were in Human League. It
1: makes sense. Wow. And then me and Connor were like, oh, my God, is Human a confession? have they both cheated on each other? Or was one of them cheated? Because then, like, after that, you had together in electric dreams. And I was like, oh, my God, have they broken up and now they're going to break up the human league and they're together, but only in these electric dreams. And I started reading into it way too much. But I really liked the male and female concept of it.
0: OK. You need to, if, you, if that's the sort of thing you'd like listening to, I 100% say, get hold of beautiful self, I need a little time. Beautiful. And listen to that. The Beautiful South. And it's I Need a Little Time or Need a Little Time. I Need a Little Time. Yeah, I think that was the, okay. the, the name of the song. Yes. So that's a similar sort of song from uh, okay. what you've just explained. So definitely, if you like that, okay. let's have a listen to Beautiful South. Anyway, moving on. The Human League. So they were formed by Martin Ware and Ian Craig Marsh. So Martin Ware and Ian Craig Marsh were both keyboardists, both into electronic, both heavily influenced by um, craft work. Okay. First of all, that they formed. The, they were in a band called The Future. So they're from Sheffield. In this was in 1977, and they formed Future, and they had another keyboardist. So it was very much as along the same lines of. Um, craft work with three of them so AD newton and the good thing about A.D. newton is he came because obviously back then synthesizers keyboards they, they cost a lot of money and he came with his own synthesizer and that was good nothing really come out of it and then AD newton left i suppose by this time now omds come on the scene gary newman's obviously gone and had. i know um martin ware obviously I I listened to Martin Ware's podcast as I said at the very beginning this is where Martin that's why
1: when you've been saying that name I'm like why do I recognize Martin Ware yeah why is that so that's
0: why yeah he says he was always annoyed that Gary Newman come out of nowhere and straight away as this number one our friend's electric and then obviously then he had cars as well Mm. and it's like well that's what we wanted that's you've just you know you've done what yeah. we wanted to do you know so there was them and there was obviously ultravox when it was with james fox obviously both of them were obviously on the scene at the same time you know following craft work and then along comes gary newman and the tubeway army and two number ones <laughs> and um so martin ware then said we obviously need a vocalist so omd were now on the scene as well and they got singing you know gary newman so they they then, rather than replace and one, they, as he says, he goes, one, I felt we needed a vocalist to make it a bit more, you know, yes, the craftwork music was good, but we needed a bit more, you know. Oh,
1: no, it was and, not. And um,
0: two, we couldn't afford another synthesiser anyway. So they then got a vocalist. Their original person that they wanted, funny enough, was Glenn Gregory. He was unavailable, he was in another band. So they then... Ian Craig Marsh, because obviously the electronic scene's now come in, so it's obviously, you know, we've had the Blitz Club down in London. It's obviously now going up, you know, obviously we know about Duran Duran Birmingham, and obviously Sheffield was a big player as well, as obviously Liverpool. Um, But there was quite a few electronic bands come out of Sheffield. So while in Sheffield, um, Ian Craig Marsh said, in, in the electronics scene, the clubs where they were playing, there's a person there who dresses... The, the part. So Martin where, found out where he lived in Knock door, wasn't in and he left a like a post-it note or a note on his door saying, do you want to join our band? Ring this number.
1: A bit stalkerish.
0: And was, yeah. And it was Phil Oakey. Right. Now Phil Oakey had no musical interest whatsoever. He was actually a hotel porter in Sheffield Hospital. Oh my goodness. And they've now want, they want him to come and be their vocalist.
1: Well, they would have been shocked if he couldn't sing, wouldn't they?
0: So yes, really.
1: but to be honest, he's not that. So, so, that's the guy that I think sounds really robotic. So too. yeah,
0: so Oki then joined them because they really picked him because they felt he looked like a pop star. Mm. That and that was the main reason they got him, even though he, as I say, had no musical experience. He was a hotel porter, <laughs> but just happened to hang around the nightclubs of the, ele- the electronic scene at the time yeah. and dressed. The part because I don't know if you saw on one of his videos, his hair's like cut halfway here, but is long further down. He, no, he I didn't had some, see that. yeah, yeah. Um, I only watched
1: three videos. Weird
0: fashion. Oki did have some weird fashion.
1: Bits. Now you say that though about fashion, I thought the human league were very glamorous. Right, they got their nice makeup, they got slick hair, they got like right, they're, they're done up.
0: If you if you watched early versions of them on top of the pops that they they yeah, oh, okay. they were he or at least Philoki was, yeah. As I say, he had long hair, he had it cut this side and not this All right, side. I'm
1: gonna have to look at that then.
0: <laughs> so yeah. However, so they never really had it. as I say, they never had a hit. Philoki also bought into the group another Philip, Adrian Wright. So he went by his middle name, Adrian, because obviously I suppose because the two Phil's. And he was originally brought in as a director of visuals because obviously we're coming into the time where, as you know, videos and all that as well. So Phil Oakey brought him in. And I suppose he learned that because obviously he was going to the nightclubs. He was in the, as I say, he was brought in. He was part of the electric scene. He looked the part. He obviously knew what was happening. And he brought in Adrian Wright to be their director of visuals.
1: Having that guy, their videos... They're always storytelling, but they're very dramatic. So, obviously, they had him behind it and,
0: yeah. Anyway, nothing really happened with the group up till then. I suppose it is very similar to what happened with Ultrabox and John Fox. Mm. Wasn't going anywhere, they sort of split up. The problem is that these split up, so there was creative, personal differences, one around the lack of success and the way that they wanted to, I suppose the way that Martin Ware wanted to stay loyal to the electronic side, seeing the success of OMD, Gary Newman, as I say, and obviously Ultravox is probably having success now as well. Yeah. Whereas Phil Oakey wanted to go more pop, and so they they had a breaking up. Martin Ware left. Ian Craig Marsh went with him. So the two founders of the Human League left the Human League, or well, the Future, but they changed they changed their name to the Human League because. Um, when he decided to go, obviously, he, he just felt the future is like craft work. So he changed the name to separate themselves from the fu- the, the band, the future yeah. to the Human League. So yeah. in a sense, the Human League was formed by the by the wokey as well. But obviously they had originally formed through future. Yeah, anyway, yeah. they left and they formed Heaven 17. And funny enough, the lead singer of Heaven 17 is Glenn Gregory who they originally wanted anyway, as the lead singer of the Human League, but he was unavailable at the time. Oh, so they got goodness. their man, but in a different group. In a
1: different... Oh. So those
0: two and um, and Glenn Gregory went off and became the he- Heaven 17.
1: So it started off just men? Yes. Right. So then
0: Phil Oki and Adrian Wright, who stayed with Philoki because he was the one who brought him on board, they were together... However, they um, were under contract and were going on a UK tour. Oh and they goodness. were literally told by the promoters, the promoters threatened to sue the Human League, who's now owned because they handed over the rights. So Martin Ware handed over the rights of the Human League to Phil And the promoters said, if you don't continue with the tour, we're going to sue. And critics were already coming out and saying, even though they hadn't really done anything, but the critics were coming out and saying human league were finished, mm. because the talented people had gone to so the two, not that they, as Martin Ware has often said, he's not a musician, he's never learned to, to read or write music. It was all electronic. But that's how it was, obviously, in the early days, you know, with like home Day. No right. one, you know, Gary, Gary Newman. They didn't play good music as in guitars and that, it was just done on the thing but they wrote the songs anyway, they obviously the critics are saying they've left human league have left with a hotel porter and a eye sort of thing, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? So um, they uh, bought in for the tour, a actual keyboardist by the name of Ian Burden. And they went out and what Phil Oakey said is we need a woman's voice backing singer. He goes, so him and his girlfriend at the time went around the nightclubs looking for a, a woman that they felt could just be in the background looking all nice, but yeah. singing the back end vocals. And he went into a club called the Crazy Daisy and met, he saw two girls dancing together and thought they could be the part. Met Susan Sully and Joanne Cathal, who was 17 and 18 at the time, but he didn't know that. I suppose they were all dressed up and make up like you can. And then when he found out afterwards that they were actually at school still, he then had to get permission from the parents for them to join the band and come on their tour.
1: Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so
0: so they've now got oh. a keyboardist and they've now got a couple of backing singers, dancers, and they've got obviously the vocalist still in Philoki. They've done the tour, however, it didn't go to plan because while in the, the so they, they started to touring Doncaster and while there people who'd obviously the audience who paid to see I suppose a all-male lineup and suddenly got this what's this you know this isn't what we paid for and yeah, um, they heckled the girls and they even threw objects on stage
1: oh my goodness so yeah
0: so it wasn't a great start for the group And then obviously the record company or the manager has then said that you need to get some proper musicians in. So they then signed up Ian Burden to the group full time. So he was originally just joined them as a a tour or a a session musician. He joined. And then um, John Callis, also known as Joe Callis, who he went by, um, he joined the group as a guitarist. Right. Okay. And then also Ian, um, sorry, Adrian Wright, he then learnt the keyboard as well and become part of Human League. Oh. So yeah, so that was how the group came together. So as you can probably think, from what I can work out from listening to Martin Ware's podcast, people have often said, "I'll get, can you get Phil o, Philip Hokey on?" You know, and he goes, "I've tried. Does, they don't. They don't talk." Which I can understand because they left. They obviously walked out left him high and dry. Yes, he had the name Human League, but he had all the stuff that went with it. And obviously he could have been, it could have ruined him. So he's joined this group, but he would have been the one that they'd assumed because he was the Human League. So I can understand partly that there is a lot of aminosity on Phil side. But
1: then he's had success. So you think... Well, I think,
0: I mean, I'll let you decide when we come to the Heaven 17 later on, but... I would probably say that Human League probably even had more success.
1: Well, for me to have heard of the Human League, I've not heard of Heaven Seventeen, and that's how I always think about it.
0: Yeah, so when you think of the critics at the time, and the talented members have left Human League, or you know, just a uh, hotel porter and a visual person, sound effects, whatever you want to say, I think they've done really well to but now uh, be the. In videos I've watched,
1: it's actually him and two women. You don't see the people on the keyboards and wh- what have
0: you. I don't know how long they were. We- how what? Because I know the group now is just those so three. The video we got to remember, a member of videos just done for the video. So where
1: does their music come from then?
0: If they've not got well, di- when they when they're playing the if you watch them on say like Top of the Pops alive, I'm sure the, the music would be there. The other musicians would be there.
1: Yeah, but you said they've left. Yeah. So when they left. Where are the three people getting their music from?
0: Well, they are not. They're, they haven't done anything since 1986.
1: Right, okay Human,
0: okay. Human was their last hit.
1: Right, okay, okay. All right, yeah, that's fine then.
0: Well, well I say that.
1: They had together an electric... No, oh, yeah, in
0: 1995, they had Tell Me When got to number six.
1: Do you know what? I was just... No, like, I was waiting. These are the only ones this week. I haven't done this in a while, where they were really catchy and... I went and listened to their Greatest Hit album. So most of their Greatest Hits album had the music on that you've sent me. But there was others, and I really, really liked Tell Me When.
0: Right, well, yeah, that was number six in 1995. So they were still going, but I don't know who of the band was still in it then. Right, okay. So I I don't know when they actually split up and whatever, but yeah. So, yeah, so that's how they came together and how two bands grew from. So it started off as the future, then became the Human League, and then the Human League split up and became the Human League and Heaven 17. Mm-hmm. OK? Yeah. So that was it. So the Human League are seen as forerunners of the new romantic scene because I think of the way Philoki was in his style. But they
1: were glamorous as well. Like they did have all that makeup on, yeah. and the women both had buzz cuts. So I'm like, they were setting some sort of trend mm-hmm. there, unless buzz cuts were a thing. But they were very fashionable people, I thought. I mean, I wouldn't wear what yeah. they were wearing or have a buzz cut or whatever,
0: but I thought they were fashionable for the 80s. Okay. So moving on to Together in Electric Dreams. That was from a film in 1984 called Electric Dreams. So <laughs> Giorgio Moroda. Who was known as the uh, Godfather or the Father of Disco? He was also a big composer or score writer, so scores as in film soundtracks.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he
0: obviously done the soundtrack for Electric Dreams, and he obviously had heard Phil O'Keefe. Now, bear in mind, this is a person who never sang, never touched, got into music. He had obviously heard Human League. I don't know how they it, how it got together, but he wanted Phil Oki to, to sing the together in Electric Dreams. So Giorgio Moroda, it was released as Phil Oake and Giorgio Moroda. It wasn't released as Human League. That's mm. what I'm saying. Mm. Um, so Moroda, as I say, he's seen as the father of disco. He's the pioneer of electric dance music. Right. So he brought electronic into the music thing for the disco 70s. Um, mainly through Donna Summer, but there was others as well, but he's mainly associated with Donna Summer. But he's influenced many genres like high energy, techno music, house music, and obviously Italian disco, because he's Italian. As I say, he composed soundtracks for film scores, included Midnight Express, which he actually had a hit from with The Chase, Superman 3, Scarface, and The Never Ending Story. So oh, The wow. Never Ending Story... Which is like Together in Electric Dreams, another singer from an 80s band, Catch a Goo Goo, he <laughs> sang Never Ending Story. And as I say, he'd done a lot of work with Donna Summer. So that the reason I put it in here is because it was a Phil Oakey song. And obviously Philoki is from Human League. Right, and it okay. also then linked in with Vangelis, which I'll go through on the next bit. OK, so that was that bit.
1: Right, okay. So Human yeah,
0: yeah. League, just so you know, they had four albums in the 80s and Dare was a number one album in 81.
1: Oh, OK.
0: So Dare had three singles released from it. OK, so you had The Sound of the Crowd. Yeah. You had Love Action, I Believe in Love, and you had Open Your Heart. OK. OK. And then because the, the album was doing so well and the singles had done okay as well, mm. the um, record company said, we want to release another song from the album. And Phil Oakey said, no, no, we don't want to overdo it. You know, yeah. you, can, you can saturate the, the the fan base, take the mick out of them by releasing too much that we, we didn't want. And they said, no, no, they were quite you know, adamant. We want to, We want to do it. We want to actually release Don't You Want Me?, And you said, we're not, not having that. I mean, they literally, it was an album filler. It was the last track on Dare. And he said, not releasing that. Anyway, they got their own way and released Don't You Want Me. Don't You Want Me ended up being number one at Christmas in 1981. Really? It is the biggest selling single of
1: 1981 that's amazing how cool that's yet, mad as well. Phil yeah, phil okey did not even
0: want it released yes. he just saw it as the novelty song on the album of dare
1: that's mad it is a good song though i think that's the one that i know the most like if i was good at naming songs that'd be the one that i'd name
0: so i'll just read out what it actually says so before the release of dare three of its tracks the sound of crowd Love Action and Open Your Heart had already been released as successful singles. With a hit album and three hit singles in a row, Virgin's chief executive decided to release one more single from the album before the end of 1981. His choice was Don't You Want Me. Instantly, it caused a row with Oki, who did not want another single to be released because he was convinced that the public was sick of hearing the human leak. And the choice of the poor quality filler track... Oh would almost certainly be a disaster, wrecking the group's newfound popularity. The band felt the track was our sort of Des O'Connor song. Virgin were adamant that a fourth single would be released, and Oki finally agreed on condition that a large colour poster accompanying the single would be included because he felt the fans would feel ripped off by a substandard single alone.
1: He really didn't think much yeah. of his and
0: yet it went on to be the biggest selling single of
1: 1981.
0: That's mad. That is. So the song that is on a probably has made them more money than anything else.
1: Yeah.
0: They didn't even or Philoki and the well and the band, they didn't even want to release it.
1: That's crazy.
0: So if the record company hadn't got their own way, and record companies do get a lot of bad press from bands, especially from the 80s, because they obviously, I suppose, took the majority of the money and what have you.
1: Yeah.
0: They, I mean, I don't even know if, I mean, whoever owns the rights, but I suppose as songwriters, they must own it as well. But they, um, that yeah. song, which is on a lot of compilation tracks for the 80s, um, still played now quite a lot, would never have mm. come to Futrition if the band had got their own way.
1: That's mad. I bet they're now thinking, okay,
0: thanks. Yeah. And then, as I say, they released Being Boiled, which was written. So they re released it. It had already been released. Never, Nothing ever happened. You know, they flopped. Yeah. Now that they were commercially straight after Don't You Want Me, the next song they released was Being Boiled, which had been written by Ware and Marsh along with Oki. Oh, okay. So they got their single out as well because a lot of people have said you know we like the human league of old as in when there was the four blokes and being boiled is seen as a, a big influential song so yeah they released that afterwards now Dare is seen as one of pop music's most influential albums oh. and the fact they had four hit songs off it including as i say the biggest song of 91 it was one of the albums that you know in the 80s everyone wanted the, the album Dare. so 1982, they won the Best British Breakthrough Act or Newcomers Act at the Brit Awards as well. Good. So they,
1: after their madness that they, actually I was say, they to say, they obviously get to where they sort
0: were. River Wieldermon going to this, doing the tour, getting heckled. I mean. Both of the girls, obviously, yes, he dated one of them, but they both said he's always been very protected of them, always looked after them. The reason, in the end, he went with two is because he thought, well, they're friends. They can look after each other while we're on tour. So he was very, you know, everyone who, when I've seen documentaries on Human League, and there's been a few, or 80s things as well, where they you hear people, you know, saying things that happened. Both the girls have always said he was very protected of them.
1: Um, what was the age gap?
0: I don't. I don't know how old Phil Oakey was, but there would have been, yeah, because they were seventeen and eighteen.
1: Yeah, so, when you said that. And so yeah, he was. Surprised. And as I
0: say, he was in a relationship with, with one of them. He's it, not no longer, but yeah, they were. And obviously, there was no aminosity when they split up. Okay, so human wasn't
1: anything. No, I don't. I would really say not like no.
0: in real life. Yeah. then. Okay, <laughs> so you've already now know the number one was "Don't You Want Me." So. Yeah. The rest of their songs so 1981 the sound of the crowd that got to number 12 1981 love action i believe in love that got to number three 1981 open your heart that got to number six and then as i say 1981 also so all
1: those out
0: Dare. yeah and then they brought out don't you want me and that was the christmas number one of 1981 then they re-released being boiled in 1982 and it got to number six oh, okay 1982 as well was Mirror Man. That got to number two.
1: Really like that one too.
0: 1983, Keep Feeling Fascination. Go
1: oh,
0: on. I'm glad it was number one. Number one, as one as you said, where was it? But it was number two.
1: That's mad. <laughs> Who wants to listen to a song with no lyrics? 1984,
0: The Lebanon got to number 11. 1984, Life on Your Own got to number 16. 1984, Louise got to number 13, and 1986, Human got to number 8. Together in Electric Dreams, it was released in 1984, but obviously not as Human League, that was Phil Oki and Giorgio Moroder. That got to number 3. Okay. So, and then, as I say, in 1995, they also had a hit with Tell Me When at number 6.
1: Which I also liked, weirdly. It's weird that the group that I decide to listen to more of has got a song that I like that you've, wrote, that you've mentioned.
0: Okay, moving on to Vangelis then. What did you think of Vangelis?
1: So there weren't much to go by. No. So you gave me three songs and two of them, they are by John and Vangelis.
0: Correct. So
1: I was like, first up, who's John? And then when I started listening, at first, obviously found out, Chariots of Fire, no lyrics. So after having that, I turned to Connor when, we were, when I was re to make my notes. I said to Connor, I was like, is this like a Gary and the Tubeway Army type thing? Because you've got John, who's obviously the vocalist, and Vangelis is just like the band. But then watching videos as well. So I watched a video for each of these. There's only two people. So Vangelis is like the guy on the piano or keyboard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then John piano, yeah. must be the singer. They genuinely look like really nice friends. Like they really like each other. And I watched Chariots of Fire first and I was like, oh my God, well, he's a big, hairy man, isn't he? Not seeing a guy like that. Usually all of the videos that I've watched and all the artists that I've seen so far are like these little skinny men with no facial hair because they're young, or if they did have facial hair, they were older and in the rock genre. So I was like, oh, hello. Well, you don't look like you're from the 80s, but okay, you're a change. And then you've got his mate who's just got like frizzy, permy hair. I was like, okay, all right. But they've got a genuine friendship. When I did see, like, obviously hear it for the first time, I did think, oh, this is a Gary Newman and a Chewboy Army type thing where you've got john being mentioned because he's a singer and vangelis i mean is his name vangelis
0: so yeah so he is greek he's a greek composer oh,
1: okay and he's mainly
0: known for his academy award score of Chariot of fire in 1981 yeah
1: because isn't that from a musical or film or something so
0: yeah he's also known for composing music for blade runner missing antarctica and the bounty I'll be honest, other than Blade Runner, I haven't really heard of the others, and obviously, chat's far. No, same. All. so that's the reason I put him because he's he's very similar to Giorgio Moroder, come from a different background. Right, However, yeah. the reason I've, I've put Van for you to listen to is this Van Gelis is considered one of the most important figures in the history of electronic music because he brought electronic to the film. Yeah, but it weren't really even
1: that electronic.
0: Well, no, but. Not Chariots of Fire, but that was his main. That was what he was known for. As I said, because he won an academy, he won an Oscar for it. Yeah,
1: but I don't think there are. Two but Blade Runner that and that obviously
0: were, But no, but his background was, and oh, I suppose okay. that's what I'm saying. He then went into collaboration with John Anderson of Yes. Now we've mentioned Yes before, you've because yes. Trevor Horn had a brief time with Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Of yes. the Buggles. Yeah. But so they are a progressive rock band. Um, so you probably wouldn't have even put those two together. I don't know how they come no, about or anything. how
1: would that have even So, been? yeah.
0: However, they had three albums in the 80s. And one of their albums called Short Stories actually got to number four in the album chart. So they were, you know, obviously. Who's um, this? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. Um, it's John it's Anderson Vangelis. and Vangelis. Or right. Anderson and Vangelis. Some of them are listed as John and Vangelis. Some are listed as John Anderson and Vangelis. So, and some are listed as Vangelis and Anderson. I don't know how they like, would come, but it was the two of them. So, yeah. And they had two top ten singles, which obviously were the ones that you listened to. You Said You Liked, I Hear You Now. Yeah. I'll Find My Way Home was their biggest chance success. Well, it
1: was hard to choose, not going to lie. Like one thing that I wrote was that it there weren't much to go by and they're a weird group to place with anyone. Like obviously when you explain the background of them and stuff, you know that you can place them in here. But sound wise, these aren't, they don't really fit with anyone that I've, I've listened to no, before. if it hadn't
0: been for the Giorgio Moroder with Phil Oakey, yeah, you would have never even come across Vangelis because I wouldn't have bothered but because of the Maroda, and then I found out about Vangelis had to, actually two hits in the English chart album, a uh, single chart, with this John Anderson. That's when I looked into it a bit more and then gave you to listen to.
1: It's like a so, yeah, filler yeah. type thing. But, yeah, these are, like, very slow, love song, romance-like kind yeah. of
0: thing. So it was different yeah. to listen to. So um, Van Gelis is a, a very um, unusual track because he's actually got several awards. So, as I said, he's, he's, you know, he's got obviously an Oscar for Ch- Chariots of Fire, the score of Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire is the main single from it. He's actually got an award from NASA, um, so the Space People. They've given him the a public service. Space ser- People. They've g- given him the Public Service Medal in 2003, which is the highest award given by the Space Association for individuals not involved with the American government. Oh, So, yeah. So, you know, he's also been given a doctorate degree in electrical and computer engineering. Wow. And he's appeared on the Greek postage stamp.
1: Wow. So he's really summit, isn't he?
0: Yeah. And both Blade Runner and Chariots of Fire were listed on the top 25 greatest film scores by the American Film Institute. So he wow. done the scores for both of those and they were listed in the top 25 American Film Institute's list. I don't know when that was, whether they still would be on there today, but yeah. Yeah. But that is quite impressive. Very.
1: But do you know what's mad? Me and Connor are saying, we only know Chariots of Fire because you only, like, I've never seen that film.
0: Oh, you need to watch the film.
1: I only know that because other films or shows have used it when people are running in slow motion. we were like, that's the only reason we've had it. As soon as it started playing, we were like, oh, it's like yeah. you're slowly running. And I was like, yeah, that's where I know it. But then I was like, but that's not where it's actually from. Obviously, yeah. it was in this film. But yeah, that's the only reason I know it. Okay, so
0: <laughs> Vangelis, it won't take long, Nineteen ninety. <laughs> I Hear You Now, got to number eight. Oh, okay. Chariots of Fire, 1981, that got to number 12. Oh. And 1981, I'll Find My Way Home, got to number six.
1: So they didn't do too badly with their top hits, but no, obviously that's no. all they got. But, I mean, I'm surprised. When I was saying about Fascination didn't have any lyrics, and that's not something I'd listened to, the only reason I would accept a song with no lyrics being number one, is for something like Chariots of Fire. So as much as when you said oh, number 12, and I was like, "Oh," as if I weren't expecting it, I did think that would chart higher because of its background and where it, what it's been yeah. used for. But then again, I'm like, yeah, good job. You weren't any higher because there's nothing really
0: about you. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. So that's this week. Yeah. Hits or missing? You've only got three. Yeah. I think... I'm on a safe bet, there's definitely one. Yeah, it's just whether the Pesh mode tips into the right side. We will see now.
1: The Pesh mode does not tip into the right side, it's a miss, ah. but only because. So, I wouldn't. This is how I've explained it because they didn't get on my I'm on the fence, how I can be sometimes, they were a definite miss but not in a bad way, more because there's so much of it and they all sound similar. It's kind of like I'm done with them now. Like I've listened to them. You know, I might go back and listen to Blastom of Rumours again. I, I've made a whole playlist for purely my favourite songs for each week. I add just my favourite ones so I can go back and listen to them. But I wouldn't skip Depeche Mode on like a compilation album or like i say if they came on the radio i wouldn't turn the radio off i'd listen to them but i wouldn't go out and listen to them myself just because i think i have i'm done with them now twice was enough like oh, i'm good so they're Thanks. good and i do think they're very talented and like i say they made me happy because they've brought the electronics back into my life but they're not up there with others that are in the same genre so yeah
0: okay I suppose it'd be interesting for me, as an Erasure fan, how you find Erasure. Because I suppose a bit like Human League and Heaven 17, you've got Depeche Mode and Erasure. Yeah, that's true. And I suppose, I'm already guessing, Depeche Mode and Heaven 17 both went more down the electronic route, Mm. or rock, as, as it said about Depeche Mode, electronic rock.
1: Yeah.
0: Whereas Erasure and Human League are more the poppy side of electronic music. See, I music. can
1: get down with pop. poppy.
0: Like pop, so, my Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be interesting when we get to Erasure and what you think of them yeah. with the Depeche Mode. So Human League. They're a hit. Good.
1: They're a definite hit. There's uh, too many songs on there that I like. And like I say, I went off and listened to their greatest hits album and found another song that w- weren't even in the list. Yeah. Um, even though you've mentioned it tonight. So, yeah, I've already explored them further. And they're definitely ones that I ended up putting them on and Connell's like, what are you doing? You've made all your notes. I was like, but I just want to say listen to the Human League for a bit. <laughs> so they're a definite hit because I've already listened to them again. And um, Vangelis were a miss, but only purely because there's nothing really there.
0: No, no, I, I appreciate Yeah, As I said, I just put it in here, just... There's a bit of something different and it sort of linked in with George Moroder and the difference that 80s music made and the fact that a film score got into the charts.
1: So, yeah, you know, the songs that that, that are there, minus characters. of Fire... Well, they're two top ten hits. Yeah, so... You know, so... But there's just not as much there and I find it really hard to put them as a hit when there's not many. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, no, no. But plus also, weirdly, whenever you give me an artist that doesn't have many songs usually i'm like oh they would be a hit but only because they've only got like one or two songs and they're a hit with me yeah. but these ones are a miss because they've not got many and it's just something that i've never listened to them before and just, a bit, too, just, like, well, no, no. just a bit too i'm just like a bit too chill and slow okay so, yeah
0: okay next week's in are you ready hit me okay Next week. You've only got three again. Okay. Okay. So you have. And we're back in 1980, stroke 1981's, But we, we're, we're going to... So we're we'll, move Whereas in. these were 1981. These, yeah. So, UB40. Heard of them. The beat, or the English beat. No. And Teardrop Explodes. No. Okay. So they are the three for next week.
1: Do you know what's really weird? Each week, I always recognise at least one. You've not given me a week where I'm not, like, I have no idea. Maybe the first, the first week, the first week, or maybe the second, yeah. but since the very beginning, we've not had a week where I'm not, like, I have no idea where, who any of them people are. It makes me feel good when I recognise at least one, because I know I'm going in knowing that I might enjoy at least something.
0: Okay, wow. So that's, that's for next week. Yeah. And also, as I say, if you liked the latter stuff of the Depeche Mode definitely listen to precious and maybe even dream on
1: dream on okay yeah
0: which was also a hit in 2001 okay you might like them you might not but yeah just worth a listen if you like that stuff yeah and um, as i said also um listen to the beautiful south i need a little time yeah because that is very sort of along the same sort of lines when you listen to the lyrics as human okay so i definitely say listen to that yeah okay
1: i'll give that a listen to
0: sure yeah. okay on that note I shall say goodbye and send over the songs for you for next week.
1: Yeah, I'll get listening tomorrow, so I'll be spending my back holiday. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thank
0: you. All right. We'll see you and speak next week. Yeah. Bye-bye.
1: Bye, Dad.